Warning, this episode contains explicit language, including words like pussy, that may be offensive to some listeners. If this isn't your cup of tea, we completely understand, and we encourage you to check out our other episodes that cover a wide range of subjects. Back to our normal programming. Whenever I brought a boy home, my dad would eventually get me alone, usually in the car, and ask me, so is he the one? I always had the same answer. He's the one for now. I knew that these guys weren't my forever. I couldn't explain it, but I felt it in my gut. Despite that, I stuck around. It felt good. And wasn't that enough? Little did I know that there are four power centers in me, all battling to rule my love life. Welcome to Self-Help Junkie, the podcast where we explore the world of personal development through the eyes of book enthusiasts. I'm your host, Erica Ng, a communication coach and your resident bookworm. In this season, we'll be developing our romantic skills, but before we dive into the conversation with our guest, let's get into a one-minute summary of the book. The devil and angel on our shoulders has been used to visualize our internal struggles, but according to Magda Kay's book, No More Faking It, it's a touch more complex. We have four distinct power centers, each with its own mission and needs. We have the head, the ruler of logical and rational thought the heart, the goddess of love, the gut, the protector of security and instinct, the pussy, the director of pleasure. For most of us, one or two power centers tend to dominate. Think joy from inside out. If your head is leading the way, but denying your heart, you may have a thriving career, but at night you have a sense of hollow loneliness or your pussy center takes over and suppresses your gut. You may have a string of thrilling sexual experiences, but you're also putting yourself in risky or even dangerous situations. However, when these power centers can work in harmony, you'll be in flow in every aspect of your life. You can come home after work and feel fulfilled and find pleasure in ways that are also safe. You can have it all. And with that, let's dive in. So Magda is an intimacy coach, and I'm really excited to have her on because she's actually my first author on the podcast. Uh, So first off, welcome, Magda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Just for people who've never heard of an intimacy coach before, it might sound a little foreign to people. How would you explain it to someone who's not from Bali and has never (laughs) been in this kind of environment? I usually say that it's a mix between being a sexologist and a yoga teacher. Ooh. <laughs> so it's a combination of relationship advice, uh, human behavior, psychology, uh, but also energy work, um, alternative healing modalities, belief reprogramming. So were these two words of, like you mentioned, Bali and Asia, the Eastern practices, where they blend together with the Western approach mm. to relationships and human behavior. Let's dive right into this book of yours. You've been working on it for three years, and it's been a lifelong dream of yours to be writing a book. How did you choose this specific topic out of all the different topics you could have written about? What the book is about is a certain system that I have discovered through my life and it's become an integral part of how I look at things, Mm -hmm. um, how I move through life, how I make decisions. And anytime I share this system with either my clients or my friends, they absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. I also found that it was very helpful. It made a lot of sense in terms of the system that you have. It actually reminds me a lot of 
this other type of therapy. It's called internal family systems, where they talk about if you've had a traumatic experience, you have a protector, some sort of coping mechanism that defends you. So I found it really interesting that it was very similar to the system that you've come up with. Did you get inspired by it? Or was it something that you came up on your own? There were like two parallel paths that got me to the point of understanding what the system is. So on one hand, it was just my experience. But of course, it's influenced by a lot of other things that I studied. And a lot of modalities they, that exist, it's kind of weird, but they, they really want to compete with each other. It's like mm. even in spirituality and personal growth, we have all this competition, like my system is the right one. No, it's not. <laughs> Mine is the right <laughs> right and ultimately it's actually about bringing it all together because mm -hmm. there's there's truth and there is benefit and wisdom in all of those systems and that's what what I'm describing in the book it's basically bringing all of these different paths together and working with it in a holistic way but I do always make this joke that like I'm kind of schizophrenic because I talk to myself <laughs> and, and yes and there's a lot of a lot of systems out there that are based on this idea mm -hmm. that I am not just one person there are different right. personality living in me and through talking to them and building a relationship with these parts I actually get to understand myself better so For yes sure. the system turns you into a little schizophrenic <laughs> I would say that if anything, we are schizophrenic already. And the system just brings everyone to the table instead of like being in the background. Yes. And I think this is, this is one of the big aspects here. I think, like you said, when you were reading through it, you're like, oh, that resonates mm. deep inside. You recognize that. But unless someone explains it to you mm. with a certain system or a path, like a step-by-step -step path, we just kind of cannot grasp it. And then, you know, we live in a society that's very logical, very mm -hmm. masculine. So of course, anything that has to do with intuition or working Feeling. with your body is still considered crazy, right? right. So we don't get enough, um, I would say, acknowledgement from the outside that that it's actually real. And so I think, especially for women, because we are naturally very intuitive, I think it's really important to have some sort of reflection from the outside, either through coaches or books or programs mm -hmm. that reflect back to you that, yes, the information you're feeling from within, the things that you cannot logically, you know, explain, they're valid, they're real, and they're important. And one thing that I love about the system is it's different from all the other self-help books where they talk about wanting to change your mindset, change who you are to become this other version of yourself. Whereas your system is more about bringing things back into balance where one, your power centers have dominated the others and that's what makes you make bad decisions. Yes. So in the system, we have main four centers. I call them power centers because they are a source of our power. And so these will be the sub-personalities that we are <laughs> conversing with. And it's exactly this. Each one of them has needs. They, they want something and they will be pushing us to doing different things. And, you know, I spent years studying needs. And I think when it comes to needs, it's like, it's not really fancy. It doesn't sound as exciting as like a tantric sex ritual. <laughs> One really wants to look at the needs. It just feels, you know, if, if I say needs, you probably automatically think, oh, being needy, mm. right? high maintenance, especially for women, like it's not something we should be. So we don't want to have this conversation about needs. But actually, anytime we 
sabotage ourselves Anytime we allow someone to treat us without respect, anytime we settle for something we don't want, it's because we are ignoring our needs. Mm -hmm. It it really comes down to that. So the best thing every person can do is understand what my needs actually are and then tend to them. Like a need doesn't disappear. You can suppress it for some time, but then it's going to blow up and we've all been there. Yeah. Right, So it, it's not going to disappear just because you want it to disappear. The best way to make a need disappear is by meeting the need. And the system of the four power centers as described in the book, it's honestly, in my opinion, the best system I've ever come across to mm-hmm. learn about or created myself that really allows us to understand everything we need. And when we can collaborate with ourselves, with mm-hmm. all of ourselves, This is when we regain sovereignty over our lives. So you don't need to change anything. Meet your own needs. They're there for a reason. Like no one judges our need to drink or sleep, right? right? So let's not judge the needs. Let's meet them. And then you're free to design the life exactly as you want because those needs are not controlling you. Of the clients that you've worked with and your friend circle, what would you say is the dominant power center So for people who haven't stepped into personal growth or spirituality, Mm -hmm. this will be the first center, which is the head. Mm -hmm. So the reason for it is because we are raised what we call the Western society, but Western is not just limited to the West. Not anymore. (laughs) Um, Yes. But what we could say like a more developed, uh, fast paced uh, uh, cultures that are focused on success. And success usually in terms of career and money and status. Right. So if you come from these cultures, then from, you know, a little girl, um, and actually that's true for, for men as well. So boys and girls, we've been conditioned to think about everything, to make logical decisions, to be congruent. We definitely learn to rely predominantly on that power center mm-hmm. um, because just the Western society doesn't acknowledge the existence of other centers, really. Um, and if anything, like we mentioned, it's considered something stupid, right. you know, you're not logical, right? So so they're pretty much like shamed. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. And that's def- definitely, I like that you started off with that one, because that's where I started off being a science major in university. I valued truth and science above everything else. So everything that was feeling and everything that couldn't be quantified, I deemed as not as valuable or it's people overreacting, being overdramatic, being emotional about stuff. Do you think that other countries that you've been to, their culture maybe cultivates a different power center to be dominant? Yes. So, for example, um, when we look, and, and of course, these are stereotypes. Of course. But to a degree, we generalize. See, yes, we see, we see these patterns. So, Latin America, it's a very um, fiery, passionate area oh. of our planet. So definitely the pussy power center oh. <laughs> uh, will be very stronger, definitely much stronger than, for example, US, where like, you know, sexuality is just considered to be so bad. Do not show any <laughs> yeah. speedos are not allowed. <laughs> Um, yes. And then if you look at countries, for example, like India, then the heart center, mm. um, is very strong. You know, people 
In fact, it's something we also see in Bali. People are very focused on loving the other human, of not causing bad karma. Um, there's a lot of devotional spiritual practices in India and in Bali, which again, um, the religious wise, Bali yeah. is very similar to to India. Uh, but they're not as concerned with logic, you know, that they, mm. they they don't really think about it. They also don't have the best instincts, which is the gut. Set the Interesting. Gut. Why do you think that is? The heart on its own. And this is one of the, sh- like I said, all of these centers, they have a shadow, right? So, mm-hmm. so we need to work with them all together. So the shadow of the heart center is that it's naive. It's naive. Mm. That love conquers all. <laughs> and... Well, I think we can all agree that it's not exactly how our world operates. Um, so if you if you let your heart take over the whole body, the whole system, and the other three centers don't really get much say, this is when you feel like, oh, I don't need money because it's all going to be good because we love each other. Or, all right. you know, yeah, or any red flags you may see for the person which would come from the gut center, the Right. The first center again, the heart will be like, no, it's all good because we love them. Um, So this is exactly this is one of the main things that I was lacking in all of the systems that I have explored traveling the world is that usually different religions or different paths. They like raise one of these centers, Ah. not understanding that one of these centers on its own is never enough. It's like this is not the voice of God that makes no mistakes. <laughs> These voices make mistakes. Right. They pretend that they have their needs and, and they just don't see certain aspects. So there is definitely this naivety to the heart center, I which can, I see a lot. Yeah, I can understand that though. Like having lived in Bali, people are very open with their hearts. And maybe part of the reason their gut isn't developed is because they haven't had as many bad experiences so they can lead with their heart more easily than say myself yeah I think yes and if we look at places like bali because it's an island right so mm. as long as tourists were not coming here that was not an issue because everyone was practically coming right. from the but you know tourists started <laughs> basically invading the island and we are not hard driven so no. there's a lot of situations where we can also observe it that local people are lacking the strength or the, of their gut center to be able to respond to foreigners and so we often see local people being taken advantage mm. by foreigners we see unfortunately a lot of local a lot of uh, foreigners disrespecting the rules in bali because we come from the head oh it's not written it's not enforced so why would exactly. i exactly oh god oh, that makes me feel so icky but Let's get into the center that I'm most curious about, because I think I've worked through the heart. I've worked through the head. I've worked through the gut. The pussy, the pleasure center is a mystery (laughs) in some ways, in some ways. Um, So what misconceptions would someone have coming into discovering their pleasure center? In my opinion, the main misunderstanding is that pleasure is not just about sex. And while we call it the pussy center because your sex center uh, is located in our genitals, but pleasure is not just sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. Intimacy is not just sexual intimacy. It's much broader than that. So this Mm -hmm. is really about any pleasure in our life. And this is one of the main themes 
about my work. Like you asked me, what is intimacy coaching? So right. when I say the word intimacy, people don't always really truly understand what it is because people think that, well, sex is just sex, meaning that's penetration, but there's so much more than that. So our sexual energy is actually the life force in our body. This is what mm -hmm. keeps us alive. This is the energy we to talk, to connect, to create things. This is the source of creativity, right? So, so my sense of being alive, that is my sexual energy. Mm. And so when I talk about using my sexual energy, it's not just using it for sex. It's using it for everything. So we have, unfortunately, in our society, we take sex and put it into like one room. So I always give this metaphor. Imagine you have a house mm -hmm. and one of the rooms, that's sexuality, right? And maybe at the beginning, when you got the house, you were visiting the room kind of. <laughs> it's very exciting. Well, <laughs> Finally unlocked it. <laughs> exactly. Because you spend all of your time in the living room and the kitchen, probably, <laughs> right? And I always tell people that sexuality is not a separate room in that house. Mm -hmm. It's the floor. As in, it's present in every room and it's the foundation of the house. And that is really the true um, definition or, or essence of sexual energy. And so, again, if our pussy center is the source, the origin of sexual energy, then this center is about much more than just sex and orgasm and, and physical, sensual, sexual pleasure. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about pleasure of eating something that's really delicious. We're talking about pleasure of just looking at the sun and feeling mm. the warmth on your skin. You know, I just a few days ago, I went snorkeling and I was so close to mantas, like literally oh. just an arm distance. That is pleasure for me. That is, again, my okay. position. Right. So it's it's this vaster understanding of pleasure in life. OK, so it's it's joy. It's being in the moment. It's feeling alive in those moments. And it's also about sex and orgasm. <laughs> So when people come to you and let's say that their pleasure center has not been given the attention that it deserves, do you start them off with, because sometimes it might be like a couple that comes to you and is like, hey, we need help on this. Do you start them off directly with like, hey, try this position? Or are you like, hey, or eat a piece of chocolate and like talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> so it really depends because Mm. Truth is that for most of us, the flow of the sexual energy is blocked. Mm. Maybe the simple fact that we feel contracted, we feel tired, we don't have energy, that is the sign that the energy doesn't move really through our body. Mm. So of course, the question is, why does it happen? And for different people, there will be different reasons. Main reasons is because we have shame around sexuality. That would be like a big one. Another one is because we don't feel safe. That is mm -hmm. also a massive, massive reason. Um, another one is maybe that we just actually don't respect her. We we don't think it's valuable. You know, there's any any wisdom there. Like a lot of people honestly think that sex is just quote some of the the comments under my YouTube videos. <laughs> just genitals rubbing against each other oh dear that's so oh it's horrible but i think i think still today a lot of people look at sex as you know a way to release tension and stress instead of instead of like an activity to expand yourself people mm -hmm. look at it as an activity to deplete yourself right um so so these will be the main reasons why the sex center is blocked 
So then when I work with people, it always, if it's one-on-one work, I always first have a conversation with them because I need to understand exactly what's happening in their relationship, in their bodies, what is the reason for their energy not to flow. And sometimes I have couples that are very open and they just want to explore more. But when there is really a blockage in the center, we work around it first. Mm. So I help them connect more just to the body in general, like like be more present in their body with the sensations um, to feel safe. So Mm. we do some meditations, we do different practices around sharing, setting boundaries and container. And only once we have that, we can start diving into the pussy center. That's that's really interesting because earlier your analogy was that um, the pleasure center is the flooring. It's in every house of the room. And it's interesting that you're working on other things before you get to the flooring. Is there a reason why you wouldn't start with that? Because if the energy is flowing, then everything else will <laughs> magically open oh, yes. as well, right? Absolutely. So we do want to get to the point where this energy is flowing. Mm -hmm. So again, the open, freely flowing sexual energy doesn't mean sleeping around. It's just Mm -hmm. the sense of aliveness. And we've all seen these people. They're so charismatic. They're magnetic. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be loud, but there's just something about them that like pulls you in, right? Because sexual energy is extremely attractive. So we want to be in this place. But Generally speaking, our society, like on a collective level, is sexually traumatized. Mm. Vast majority of women experience some sort of sexual trauma. And, and of course, the extreme is being raped, but we've all been harassed vocally. Yeah. We've been, you know, touched in public where we didn't feel comfortable. We've probably all decided to have sex when we were not fully really a yes. Not super excited. Yeah, exactly. And so all of these things, they contract our pussy center. And something that we have to remember is that especially with the with, with this center out of all four, we have to be very careful and mindful mm. not to push her too much because we can go into the place of what's called re-traumatization. Mm. So the, in most cases, there's some sort of a trauma that blocked the pussy center. So we first need to do some trauma healing to let the energy flow. Now, in the book, I give different meditations and practices to connect to all the centers and you can easily connect to your pussy. But if you want to work more of the embodied practices and really open all of the flow through her, then there is sexual healing that we need to address. Mm -hmm. And anytime you do sexual healing, trauma healing, you want to be very careful and very slow just so you don't push a person into the place of unsafety where the re-traumatization can happen. In other words, where we create more trauma rather than healing the trauma that was in the body. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get some free therapy out of you right now. (laughs) So there was a time when um, I was between relationships and I had decided I've had enough. Like my heart has basically been leading. I have been staying in relationships for too long that I... Yeah, I, I stuck around because I wanted love and I wanted to felt feel seen. And I kind of switched the flip and went for the pussy pleasure center. I was like, I'm just going to date. I'm going to go in with like no expectations of love. Yeah. What, what was going on there? Was it because the heart had been damaged too much and pussy was like, I'm stepping in? 
Yes. And so this is exactly why it's so important to always communicate with all four power centers and make mm-hmm. sure that all of them are met, they're satisfied, that their needs are being taken into consideration. Uh, and look, I've also been in <laughs> and relationships where I, let's just say, I overstayed my welcome. Yes. <laughs> because I wanted love and I was terrified that if we, if we choose to break up, I'll be alone and I didn't want to feel the pain. Um, yeah. so absolutely. And, and the heart wanting that like can take over, um, to be fair, if we really checked with all four power mm-hmm. centers in these moments, when like, I probably should break up now, they would give us valuable, valuable information. Sure. And ultimately it's about understanding what your heart needs and probably in this case, finding a better, more supportive way to meet the needs of your heart. Mm-hmm. But basically the heart, you know, took over for a while and, you know, sabotaged the needs of other centers. And so that's exactly what happened. So they're like, you know what? Nope. Screw you. <laughs> I'm not listening to you anymore. I don't want that. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, something that we, we experience is when we get burned by a center, let's say mm-hmm. it gets us in trouble then we almost like want to get even and like, now I'm going to punish you. That's That makes so much sense. Yes. And the truth is it's, you know, even after the breakup, the heart still has the needs. So Mm. probably it would make sense to still incorporate the heart into the conversation. And honestly, like, I mean, I know we're, we're different. So like I, after the breakup, I do not go into my pussy. I actually go even more. (laughs) I go, I go a lot into my gut. I'm like, I'm, oh, I'm protecting myself. I'm putting the walls and I am not available for any relationship for a few years. Seriously, that's my reaction. Wow. <laughs> um, but ultimately, if you think about it, you know, um, for most of us, whatever is this like defense mechanism after the breakup, I think we all recognize that whatever is our <laughs> strategy, it's probably, it doesn't really probably work. Probably not. Right? <laughs> no, not at all. And it's funny because you're right. I've seen multiple friends go through different breakups and everyone kind of falls into a different one because they feel scorned. So when it comes to mm, balancing yourself out, I imagine if you're not well practiced, you may be misled when you're having the conversations with the different power centers. Um, what would you say to someone who is new to this? Like, is there any wisdom that can be passed on or is it more something that you have to learn as you go? And the more you talk to yourself, the better it gets. When we first start doing any type of work that again is based on me talking to myself (laughs) for many people we either don't hear anything we don't get any sensations then we may get something but we question it then we Mm. can start creating these answers so I do describe in the book the process of rebuilding like reconnecting to these centers building Mm -hmm. the relationship and it is really like any other relationship so Mm -hmm. if I Let's say I have a daughter that I abandoned uh, when she was really young and then I want to reconnect to her. Mm. Of course, she's not going to trust me. Of course, I need to be patient. I need to be committed and dedicated. I need to keep showing up to repair that relationship. And it's it's pretty much the same with our power centers because most of us were never taught that they exist. Maybe we use one of them here or there, but basically we've just neglected these four relationships. So we have to rebuild those relationships we have to heal them mm-hmm. one of the big aspects about this system is that i am not telling anyone 
what to do or how to do. What I'm telling you is how you can ask your body to get the direction what to do and how to do it, right? It's really about empowering women to get the answers from within because one of the big issues is this incredible tendency that we have, women have, to outsource our power. Mm. Just notice how often we will not make a decision, but we're going to ask. We're going to ask our partner, right? We're going to ask our parents, our boss. It's like we're terrified of just, you know what? I'm going to do this. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to take responsibility for it. And I'm going to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And there's many reasons why we outsource power. One of them, again, being that we are in a patriarchal society, which basically has, like, like we said at the beginning, shame. The feminine mm-hmm. energy, intuition, all of the things that we cannot explain logically, right? So then a woman doesn't trust herself, but because that's our gift. So then we just looked at people and like, oh, what should I do? Should I take this job? Should I break up or not? Like, we're just terrified. We're For so sure. not used to trusting ourselves. And that system allows you to build the trust with yourself. And honestly, in my opinion, this is probably the biggest gift of working with the power centers. Mm. that You start relying on yourself. You realize that no, no one knows better than you what you need, right? It's like, only you know what is happening. <laughs> you have the authority over your life. I was just reading back my diary, like my journals, and I was reading back to a relationship like a year before it ended and already... <laughs> I had all these hesitations, but I stayed because they wanted to stay. So I couldn't trust myself in saying like, no, that's it. I need to step away. So yeah, I think that the gut is there. It's there to protect us, but we don't always listen. And I think for anyone who keeps a journal, go back and read. Because if you need any proof, it's in there. Look, I, I'm the same. I'm the same. If I look at like my previous relationships and not even just romantic, but my, you know, previous job where, when I still worked for someone and it was bad for a long time. Mm. It was bad for a long time. But again, I was basically like questioning my intuition. I was challenging my intuition um, because, for example, everyone would say, oh, but this job is amazing. It's a dream job. Or like, but this guy is great. Oh, but, you know, like with me, for example, like, oh, but with your age, you know, if you want kids, you better stay together. (gasps) So, of course, you listen to these things and you're like, "Uh, maybe I should listen to them. But it's exactly what you said. If you look back, you knew. You had the insights. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't very clear. You mm-hmm. couldn't really get that, right? But you kind of knew. And and again, this is my intention, you know, with this book is basically to reflect back to women. Mm. That you're not crazy. You actually have access to this information. You've been gaslighted by the society. But I'm here to tell you that the things you've been feeling your whole life mm-hmm. are true. And here is a system to help you understand it basically. And I loved you taking us through your journey of it, because I think every person can relate. Everyone has gone through exactly those experiences, maybe not the extreme ones that (laughs) you've detailed in there. Um, But yeah, so relatable. And knowing that you're not the only person going through this, 
makes it so much easier to admit in yourself and be able to look at yourself afterwards. We're all humans and we're all learning. Again, it's trial and error. That's kind of what being alive is. And I'll be very honest with you. Um, maybe it's a surprise, but I am a very private person. Hmm. I'm a very private person. So <laughs> not I, anymore, not after this book. <laughs> yeah, so to be fair, the things that I'm describing in the book when it comes to my path, my journey, and my life. I haven't talked about these things anywhere. I use like a little mm. bit of some things here and there, but I have never shared that story in so much details, like never, ever. Right. So this is really me putting my life out yeah. there and probably judge. Cause like you said, there's some, there's some things I did that you could say they're questionable. And in a way, I wish that women don't have to go through that. Um, but yeah, it's it's the intention of it is to remind women that we're all going through it together. We're all learning and we're just supporting each other. This is, this is really what it is. I'm curious. So these are things that you haven't put out in as much detail. Are these stories that you've shared with your friends or are you so private that even your friends don't know about some of this. Okay. I don't think there's a single person on the planet that knows all of the stories. <laughs> so like, cause we have different chapters of me discovering mm-hmm. each of the centers and, and, you know, I've, I've been nomadic for right. most of my life. So I have friends all over the world. So these are literally different chapters of my life. We have my, my chapter living in Milan in Italy mm. and my chapter in Thailand on a small tantric Island. And I think people who are, engaged in that specific chapter, they have some understanding of what happened at that time of my life, but they have no idea before <laughs> or after. As a person who's also been nomadic and moved from one place to another, I feel like every time I move somewhere, I'm like, okay, this didn't work. I'm going to try this other thing instead. And because there's no one in that country who knows who I am, I'm able to like take on this new identity and step into something that I wasn't before because no one's holding me accountable. No one knows (laughs) who I am. (laughs) In terms of dating with the system, other than what you mentioned in the book where you're talking about checking in with each one of the centers to see if this is a good person to invest in. Um, is there anything else that you would recommend? Like something that maybe you've seen people make that mistake over and over again? So the first thing I just want to underline what he said, because this is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think every woman will have at least one story when she chose the wrong person. One? Only one? <laughs> <laughs> there are relationships and you're like, look, it didn't work out, but he was a good guy. Mm. You all have a story when you're like, no, he was an asshole. <laughs> to be fair, I deserve better. Mm. So the question is that why, why do we let these men um, or women, why do we let them go, you know, so deeply into our body, into our life? Like, why are we so willing to just give ourselves to someone who literally in this case does not deserve us? So absolutely working with the four centers, again, in my opinion, this is the most effective system to really help you understand if this person is good for you or not, mm-hmm. if, if if this relationship is going to be good. Again, it doesn't mean that the relationship will 
last forever because we have different relationships, different flows, different reasons. But basically, you want to make sure that it's not going to be a traumatic, abusive dynamic, right? Right. So that is number one. And I think this is this is huge. Now, the second one is I'll go back to the story that you had um, <laughs> that you shared about staying in a relationship for too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then be like, oh, screw that. I don't need love. I'm just going to date. <laughs> no commitment, nothing. It's all good. So I think it's really important to remember that all of those power centers, they have needs and we need to be meeting those needs. Mm. Practically speaking, all of the needs that we have, all of the needs can be split into four categories. So can be split into these four centers. And a relationship is good to the extent to which your needs are met. Mm. So if a lot of your needs are being met in a relationship, you will feel good in this relationship. And if only a few needs are being met, then you will not feel good. Mm-hmm. And a toxic or an abusive relationship is where practically none of your needs are being met. Mm. Right. So again, using these centers throughout the relationship is super important. And we have different different stages of relationships. Like we start dating, then we um, get together, we go through the honeymoon period, then we have the power struggle, etc. So we have all of these different phases. And, you know, there are different challenges for each of the phase. And a lot of couples break because they don't know how to deal with the specific challenges of this stage. So again, checking with your power centers in these moments is very helpful. Yeah. And it, and like you said, it's the needs not being met. I found as I've gotten older and older, even when I get into relationships, I make sure to get my needs met, not from one single person, because that is so much pressure on your partner to fulfill all your needs. Like I have tried to be a better friend and like make time to actually meet other people. I have my own hobbies that I've been developing and that brings me joy and I don't need the other person to be there to do those things. So I think it's great to keep in mind for dating, like don't put all that pressure on the other person. Yes. And, you know, I mentioned this before, so maybe I'll speak a little bit more about this. Mm-hmm. Um, finding a supportive, a good, a new, more constructive way to meet your needs. So, you know, if I look back at one of my breakups and I remember, you know, I did not want to be with him because he did some horrible things. I was like, nope, this is done. And yet my heart still wanted him, right? Because my heart wanted connection. And going into the system in this moment, I can see, okay, dear heart, what do you want? Because mm. the heart didn't want him, mm. right? The actually heart wanted connection and love. Now it requires a conversation with our centers. This is again, this is the schizophrenic part where we just talk to ourselves and our parts. But if you open this dialogue with yourself, with your power centers, you can go deep enough to understand what is it that you truly need, right? Because I didn't need him Mm-hmm. I needed love. I needed mm. attention. And so through discussing with my heart, I could find a different way. Right. So like you're saying, I'm not just expecting this one specific person to meet my mm-hmm. need because I can meet this need through many other people, many other activities as well. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we really want to have this um, net, the, the matrix of connections and people and activities that fill us up. Because like you said, it's it's impossible for one yeah. person to meet. I mean, 
even I myself cannot need, cannot meet all of my needs. It has to be a combination of me and other people, right? Being mm. um, independent and dependent at the same time. We want right. the balance of these two. So if I cannot physically, you know, like it's just not possible for me myself to meet all of my needs. How could anyone else do that? Who clearly mm. not gonna, you know, think I'm so important as I would think. <laughs> This book is really targeted at women. And what is it about this book? Why is it being targeted at women? And does it apply to men? So the system is true for everyone, regardless okay. of the gender. So men have their sex center as well. So women have pussy center, men have their cock center. The reason why I wanted to write it for women, it's what we discussed a little bit before. And it's this whole idea of women outsourcing their power. Mm. men feel confident in doing what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And the women do not. I feel that this is a more important message for women. I decided to dedicate a book to them yeah. because I feel that, that, that this is really the biggest shift. If I look at generally the society and the people I work with, mm -hmm. the main theme for women is to really believe in themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that my personal experience has also reflected yours. Like all the women that I work with, it's always confidence, first and foremost, that you have to deal with um, and trusting themselves. They are usually undervalued and extremely talented. Uh, who would you recommend this book to? I think the system is <laughs> most powerful and life-changing for a woman who has a story of settling for things, mm. of saying yes to things that don't actually feel good, who mm. finds herself being taken advantage of, whether it's in business environment or in romantic relationships. But it's a woman who cannot understand why is it that she's doing so much for other people mm. and in return, she's not getting the same treatment. Because this system will exactly tell you why it's happening and how to change this. Mm -hmm. So that, yes, you can still be giving, but you make sure that you get what you need. So it's about filling yourself with everything you need so you can be radiant, vital, and happy. Mm -hmm. This is especially for women who have this type, this, this type of tendency. And to be honest, that's been my life story. I, I call myself a recovered slash recovering people's pleaser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is honestly, this system has made a huge difference in my life. Again, learning to honor my needs, honor my boundaries. What is it I want? And speaking mm -hmm. up for myself, because the only way to get what we need in life is by knowing what it is. I think also for people who have read other self-help books and have not been able to make that change, I think often the book tells you do A, B, and C without necessarily having a step where you're listening to yourself. And that's what I really love about your book. That and I think the wild adventures that you detail within the book, just even if it's uncomfortable for you to face these things about yourself. You kind of want to know what Magda gets up to. So you keep reading anyways. Um, so yeah, that's who I would recommend it to. Is there anyone that you would not recommend this book to? Yes. You know, like you just said, a lot of books tell you do ABC. So mm -hmm. the thing about this system is that 
you actually have to do it. You you mm. have to do the practices. Like we said, you have to build a relationship. So that requ- requires certain work on your side. And if you're like, I don't want to be putting any work, just tell me what to do. This book is not for you because literally the book is the opposite. It's not about anyone external telling you what to do. It's about you finding the power and trust in yourself to know what to do. So mm-hmm. if that's not, like, if you don't want to do it, just be like, nope, someone tell me what to do with my life. And I don't think you're going to enjoy the book. So boss, bosses only <laughs> take control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd say if anyone is uncomfortable with facing who they are, because we, at least for myself, there are bits of myself that I look at now and I shake my head. I'm like, what were you, what were you doing there? But without having confronted myself and really dived deep on why I did those things and taking responsibility for it, you will not be able to get anything out of this book. You do have to face yourself. Yes. And, you know, the stories that I'm sharing, I won't lie. Some of those things I'm not very proud of. <laughs> In fact, I'm like, oh, like he says, like, okay, fine. You did it. Let's just make sure you don't do it again. Yes. Let's do these yes. things better right now. So it, it's been a process of facing it. But I will say that usually this process is a bit like ripping off a bandage. Mm. Like the moment when you're first doing it hurts, but then it heals and it just doesn't bother you anymore. So the first time we're facing ourselves and some things we're doing that are not really nice, it's going to be painful, but literally the next second, it's fine. And it stops actually weighing you so much. You you liberate yourself. For sure. Yeah. I used to just hide all my embarrassment. I wouldn't tell anyone if something, I did something stupid. Now I immediately say it. The next person I see, I'm like, I did this today and it doesn't weigh you down anymore. So there is relief on the other side. I'll be honest. I don't share everything I'm embarrassed. <gasps> mm. However, I have a little uh, practice with my bestie. We live in two different countries. So basically we share audios every day. And one of the things we are doing, it's called the uncomfortable truth. So it be like, you know, I'm calling my friend. It's like, Sazu, okay. So this is something uncomfortable that I'm going to share. And then I go and I tell That's her something I'm not proud of. Uh, but we, we, we wanted to do it on purpose to, to speak up about the things that we feel ashamed of. Right. Like, and that is like, a beautiful practice. And that's so beautiful that you found someone who you're comfortable sharing that with, even, even if it's like not a hundred percent comfortable. Yes, but I trust her. We've built an incredible friendship so we mm. can speak for each other. Um, mm. Absolutely. If there's anyone, you know, you have like this in life, I would recommend this. Start with yourself, right? <laughs> and you can, exactly. And start with yourself. Like, you know, one of the things people will see in the book, it's, you know, you're building this relationship with the centers and it's like, there is space to admit to the center that, hey, I've been a bitch to you. Oh, Yeah. So if people are looking for you, where can they find you and where can they find your book? 
So you can find me across all traditional social media platforms. Just search for Magda K. Um, the two places where I would mostly love to connect with you is Instagram and YouTube. So this is where I am most active. And in terms of the book, you can go to my website, magdakay.com, and you can find all the links to, to different online shops where you can find the book. And of course, you can find it on Amazon. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, stop what you're doing right now and give me a rating on your app. It really helps other people find me. If you have thoughts or tips you'd like to share, please do so at selfhelpjunkiepod on Instagram, Twitter, or Gmail. See you guys next time.